0: Welcome to a podcast of Wyoming Chronicle, where we tell the stories of Wyoming in a weekly program of interviews with newsmakers, artists, innovative thinkers, and unique Wyoming personalities. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. If you're an employer, how do you employ someone who has disabilities? If you're an employee with disabilities, what does a job mean to you? We'll visit with a unique program in Uinta County, Disability Inn, and we'll get those answers. Employing folks with disabilities, next, on Wyoming Chronicle. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support. And as we begin this Wyoming Chronicle, I'm pleased to be joined by Wanda Rogers and Bethany Scheidler, both with disability in here in Uinta County. To both of you, welcome to Wyoming Chronicle. Thank you, Thank you. We have lots of things to talk about relative to folks with disabilities and being employed from both the person with disabilities perspective and also the employer's perspective. There's lots of issues around that topic and that's why we're here today. Bethany, you work specifically with folks who are maybe younger, lots of issues with them. And Wanda, for quite a while here in Uinta County, you have worked with folks that are maybe a little bit older and are placed here in the county. But I wanna start with your history. Wanda, you actually got into this work because of your 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 child. Tell me about your history with your daughter.
1: Well, uh, my sixth child was born with Down syndrome and we did not know at that time she would have Down syndrome. Of course it was a shock and you were kind of, what am I gonna do? And and so I couldn't wait to get my hands on anything and everything to, to read. And she was involved with the Early Intervention Program and they talked to me about, uh, at that time it was called the Mega Conference and it was the biggest conference in Wyoming concerning disabilities. So they paid for my way to go and as I was there, I of course networked with a lot of different people and I met other parents and became familiar with the Family Support Network that was sponsored by the Wyoming Governor's Council on Developmental Disabilities.
0: This was not your vocation then by oh, any means. No,
1: I'm a, I was a stay home mom. I loved being home and being with my kids and be a part of that. But so this opened up a whole new door and career for me.
0: And you, you had to learn about what it meant to be a parent with someone who had a disability.
1: Yes. And, you know, my husband would keep reminding me, you know, just she's a child, just treat her like a child. And and he was right. You just kind of treat him like that. But there's there's differences. There are things that happen. I know when I had Elise, the doctor said to me, you take her home and treat her like your other kids. And so that's kind of what I looked at is, I'm going to take her home. She's going to have chores. She's going to work. She's going to, you know, know what being a part of a team means. And uh, so... As a family, that's what we work towards.
0: But there came a point where you decided, I need to do more, and this became a vocation for you.
1: Yes. So,
0: tell me about that step.
1: Well, yeah, I'm totally unexpected. You know, I'm, I'm just going to these uh, family support network groups to, learn what I can do. We worked with legislators, we worked on the waiver program, we provided and that, and information. And the
0: Medicaid waiver program yes. that provides support for folks with disabilities. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: yes. And uh, so I had no clue that someday I would be the executive director of disability in Union County. But uh, how doors started opening up, uh, parents came to me, asked me questions. And I uh, the school district hired me as a parent coordinator where I worked specifically with the parents. And I did that for several years, which was a real eye opener because I um, was a parent that had a strong belief and I was immovable. And working at the school district, it gave me a different view of how to handle things. And I can still be a strong advocate for my daughter, but I do it in a kind of a different way.
0: You went through struggles like I think many parents may go through today, about um, you want what's best for your daughter. Mm -hmm. You want them to be in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Others may not agree that it might be the best thing for their kids in a classroom to have maybe someone with disabilities in the classroom. How did you deal with those issues?
1: Well, you know, my emphasis was she's an individual. And she, you have a program and then you put all your kids with disabilities in this program. What is her individual need? What does she want? You know, and I once had a teacher, well, we can't al- let Elise walk down the hallway by herself because what if something happens? And I says, I'll take full responsibility. And she, we, we had a real struggle with that. And uh, I finally said to her, I says, so when she's an adult, are you going to walk down the street with her? I says, I can't walk down to the street with her. I says, you know, so no, we need to teach her. And one thing I did living in a small community is I made sure Elise was networked to a lot of people. So I had eyes all around me. And uh, so she didn't need that one on one escort, but that she could go about her business in a safe environment.
0: Off camera, you told me just just a great story. and we won't get into all the details now, but um, she went through elementary school, went through middle school, was talking about her goals and her goal that she articulated was to be married. And guess what?
1: <laughs> well, it, it, we were in the IEP meeting, getting ready to kind of that transition. And and, uh, and we had a couple people just kind of look like, oh, she's not gonna get married. And yes, guess what? She is married. And yes, what those those educators did receive invitations to her wedding, so <laughs> we did that. And she she is married, and her I mean, she loves being a wife. She just dotes on her husband. Any man would love Elise for his wife because she dotes on him, and she's she takes it very seriously.
0: Welcome back to the work that you do with disability and in in mm-hmm. placing folks with disabilities with employers, and how important that is from both perspectives. But Bethany, let me turn to you for just a minute. You work specifically with youth here Mm -hmm. in Uintah County as early as 10 years old. Yeah. Tell me what you do.
2: So what I do is I work with youth ages 10 to 17 um, with disability or at risk. Um, And what we do is we place them with a one-to-one mentor. mentor. Um, Somebody within the community that they can spend some time with outside of the home and outside of school.
0: Is that an adult or an older adolescent? A, or? An adult. Mm-hmm.
2: So they have to be 21 or older um, to be a mentor. They have to pass a background check and mm-hmm. you know, fill out the application and all that stuff. Um, but we so they spend two or four hours a month um, with their mentor, at least four hours a month with their mentor, doing different activities, just getting outside of the home. Um, and having that one-on-one time with somebody who cares about them, having that good role model. And the other thing that we do is we have them set goals. Um, We have four areas that we wanna see improvement with our youth. Um, So we have them work on life skills, um, education, employment, um, healthy relationships and community involvement.
0: So I assume the schools also give some help with those sorts of goals, those skills that you were talking Mm -hmm. about here. But what have you, what have you seen the outcomes have been with these mentor programs that you've talked
2: about? It has been amazing. There's two two girls that come to mind um, that we have just seen such such great um, changes, positive changes. We had one girl over in the Valley. Um, when she joined, she was a freshman in high school. She was so shy. She wouldn't even look at, at me when I was talking to her the first time. She could hardly understand her, would, you know, very quiet, um, reserved on, on a couple of different depression medication and had some learning disabilities and those type of things. Within six months of being matched with her mentor at our six month meeting, she was a completely different girl. I didn't even recognize her. Um, she was happy and bubbly and she just exuded this confidence within her. And her mom said, I can't thank her mentor enough. Because of her mentor, she is now this outgoing, loving young woman who Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, she's off of all of her depressant medication. And um, her senior year, she went to Girls State. Um, She was manager of the football team and she went to college. And I really don't think that would have happened without her mentor.
0: What type of person or what kind of person wants to be a mentor, have you discovered?
2: Uh, somebody who wants to make a difference. Who, somebody who wants to give back to their community. Um, somebody who wants to make a change in a youth life. I think that's the biggest.
0: And then these people just come to your door and say, I wanna help.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> wish. Is, is, is that, that how it outside? happens? <laughs> <I mean. laughs> um, there's a lot of um, networking you know, going out and talking with the uh, people that I know and going up to them and say, you know what, you would make an awesome mentor. And what's her
0: response I'm They're like, Me? I don't have the skills, I, can't, I haven't been I can't trained. Do that.
2: Yeah. But like, there's no way I could be a mentor. And so then I talked, I'm like, all it is is four hours a month spending time with a youth. Well, that's a lot of time. That's an hour a week. Bring them over to your home and have them have dinner with your family. Um, let them see what family outside of their family looks like. Um, what a compassionate adult looks like in their life, somebody who cares about them. Go for a walk with them, you know? That, that's really all it is, is somebody that will listen to them.
3: I've
0: had a chance in my career to um, work with folks with disabilities in, in different positions that I've had, and to understand that employer-employee relationship and I think for some employers, and let's start from their perspective first, who might be watching this today, um, c- might be a scary thing to consider employing someone with disabilities. So what do you tell employers who you approach to say, you know what, um, this is an opportunity here to someone who maybe, ha- maybe can help you in your business. Um, what do you tell them?
1: Well, I talked to them about the benefits of hiring people with disabilities you know, such as uh, long-term, it's been proven they stay on, they're more loyal, and first of all, we have to mention that if it's, a, if it's a good match, if we just take somebody with a disability and say, oh, let's put you here, is that what the person with the disability wants to do? Is that gonna fit, work for them? So, we, you know, you really have to make sure you have a good match, and that they have the support both with a job coach, through vocational rehabilitation, or with through the Medicaid program. Uh, So, you know, that's one thing that I do emphasize with them. But what I have found interesting since I've been doing disability in U.N.A. County is the best way I have found to work with employers on hiring people with disabilities is engaging them with youth with disabilities. And we do that like three times throughout the year. In October is our National Disability Employment Awareness Month. We match youth with disabilities with employers and they spend the day with them. And I know early on in our um, journey, we talked to an employer and you, you could tell they were really off about employing people with disabilities for several reasons. But, um, and you know, <clears throat> a lot of times employers are not gonna say I'm scared or this scares me it's you know different things maybe not certain not comfortable right not not comfortable and so what we did is we uh matched them with the youth with disabilities and older youth they spent the day with them and they ended up hiring her hiring her and then um they became an employer that hired people with disabilities and it was just that connection to say here's somebody it's not that scary and we're here to support so it worked out very well
0: I want to tell our viewers we're going to go visit with um, a couple folks in Union County with disabilities and their employers a little bit later mm-hmm. in the show. Does it often take maybe a visit or two or four or six from you to allow an employer an employer to feel a little more comfortable or to maybe understand that you know what maybe this is an opportunity that might work for me?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it does take a while, and you know we've been doing this for twenty three years, and so. We have several employers that uh, are a lot more comfortable with employing people with disabilities and where it's just part of their hiring process now. so it it I've seen it change over the years where it's more you know welcoming and
0: If you were to tell me, Wanda the the biggest maybe um, misunderstanding or un, uncertainty that employers have about folks with with disabilities is... How would you complete that sentence?
1: But, well, they're worried about uh, accommodations. You know, they think accommodations are so expensive and what do, what do I do to accommodate people? And they have, have no clue of, uh, but that's one of their main concerns is accommodations and, that, and the expenses that they may occur with hiring an individual with disabilities.
0: And how do you respond to that?
1: You know, I give them the best referral. I connect them with Job Accommodation Network. It's called JAN. They are an amazing organization that answers every question that you have concerning whether you're a person with a disabilities or an employer uh, to talk with them because there's so many accommodations that can be made that to, to be an expert on all of that would be tough. So I've just used JAN throughout the years and recommend they talk to them and employers find them as a great resource to learn about, about accommodations.
0: Bethany, how do you learn about youth who might be able to take advantage of your program? How, how, do, you, how, do, how do you know who, can, who you can help?
2: Um, that's a great question. So we partner with uh, Wraparound Services here in Evanston um, they work What with, is that? So Wraparound Solutions um, is a, s- a whole family service. Um, they work with, with kids ages four to, I think, 21, I believe. And they help them coordinate their services. So getting everybody on the same plate. Um, and so we work a lot with them, getting them. They give us a lot of referrals um, of kiddos who could use Some extra support and help in their in their life, and then another um, is through the schools. School Mm -hmm. counselors will um, recommend kids to the program and just say, you know, I think this program would really fit for you. It'd be a really good good opportunity. And we've had a few referrals from the kids, you know, kids telling their friends about the program.
0: It seems to me nationally, maybe that folks might be more receptive to coming into a business and being served by someone with disabilities um, in a more comfortable way than they may have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. Is that your observation?
1: It is. Uh, One fun story I like to share is we had a young man placed at a grocery store in Bridger Valley and he would back the groceries. He was young man with Down syndrome and very friendly, outgoing, and uh, people would stand in line to have him back the groceries and visit with him, even though there are other lines open. So I'm finding that people are very open to ha- seeing people with disabilities. And as we talk to the uh, Murdochs and First Bank, it would be a good example of that question that people are, are engaging with people with disabilities. And then, you know, there's some disabilities that are hidden people don't even know.
0: I'm sure that, um, and, and, and we'll end with this, but um, it's, it's not a, a bed of roses. There are turbulence, I'm guessing, yes. along the way. Have you found that employers are able to deal with those in a productive way?
1: I find that employers will go above and beyond. They want to know what they can do to help this individual and to move, help them move forward. And so I find that uh, they want help, they wanna know what to do.
0: Bethany Scheidler and Wanda Rogers, thank you so much for joining us on Wyoming Chronicle. We're gonna go out in the community now and visit with a couple of folks with disabilities who are employed here in Evanston. Yes. But for now, thanks for joining us. Thank you. you.
4: Hi, I'm Jennifer Joyner. I'm a file clerk at First Bank of Wyoming. I work part-time and I validate documents to be, excuse me, verify documents to be certain that they've been scanned into our computer system because now banking is all imaging. So I have to make sure what's ever scanned is truly there in our system. I've worked at the bank for six years. The reason I wanted to work at the bank is when I was with the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation department doing uh, counseling to get a job, my only real previous ways of earning money was in the restaurant business, which was not horrible, but as I got older, I realized, you know, it was not challenging and plus I was, you know, getting tired and I wanted to do something professional. And so I was just very lucky that my job coach knew of this job, that First Bank was looking for somebody to verify documents, and it's just worked out so swell. And this job is so important to me because first and foremost, I work for a great company uh, that's a division of a great corporation that really cares about banking and that customers benefit from what banking provides to a community. This job definitely gives me so much meaning and structure as well as people I work with, my boss, and just all my coworkers. It's, you know, uh, and after six years, it's I never really worked any place longer than a year. And I, you know, worked, you know, some in my life and that relationship you build is all brand new to me and it's uh you know i'm human sometimes you know i'm like oh i gotta go to work or something like that <laughs> But
5: you know it's it's always rewarding you know because it's a great place to work uh, my name is luke hicks i'm the deposit services manager here at first bank of wyoming and um Yeah, it's a great thing having Jen here with us. Um, My my job as her supervisor is to um, manage her, obviously. Um, We have a whole department that is quality control for our division. Um, We review all documentation um, throughout the new accounts and operations side of the bank. Um, And so having Jen here to help back us up and to help review our work is huge. Here at First Bank of Wyoming, we do encourage those with disabilities to um, get out there and have a profession Um, I do feel like Jennifer is a huge example to um, help those broaden their horizon and to reach out and to see what they can do to help corporations or businesses or, um, you know, banks even. Over the last year, couple years, um, three or four years especially, um, Jen and the group and I have been involved in quite a bit of um, community involvement. Um, We've had some... um, you know, team building activities. We've helped the senior center. Um, we packed meals for them. We took a whole evening and um, it, it was hard work, but it was really fun. Um, and so we were able to, um, you know, serve homecoming the community. Parade. And yeah, again, we help with parades. You know, we, as First Bank, we enter a lot of parades at the homecoming and we have big themes and um, just the, com- showing our faces in the community saying, uh, you know, that just because you have a disability doesn't mean that you can't help and serve the community.
4: Wonderfully, Luke, my boss, we've both grown in the last six years, because when I first started six years ago, Luke was the bank teller supervisor. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, right. And we, I, whatever I needed to do, I would often ask Luke, because I'd never worked at a bank before. I'm not techie, you know, and he's brilliant. Luke is great. And, you know, he was always so kind and so helpful. And it's just through First Bank's commitment that I've just been able to learn so much. And
5: it's, you know, just been because of the people I work with. And for sure, definitely witnessing the aha moments that, oh, wow, that's why we do it that way. Um, And Jen has been incredible. Um, Nowadays, I have to bring her in and say, Jen, we might be going a little too far on this. Um, You know, we don't necessarily need to know or need to be diving in this deep, but she's just interested in all of it. She just wants to know more. She wants, every single day, she's wanting to know why and wanting to know, um, you know, why we did it the way we did. And, And she's finding things that, you know, could have, should have been caught. And she's, you know, She's very good at what she does.
3: (laughs) I'm Bob Pellets, I'm a hard side associate at Murdoch's and I help customers with freight, showing them where stuff is to when they come in, take them, show them where the stuff is that they need. Then we also load out the flat carts, we load out feed and, and take it out and put it in their vehicles do the carry outs, that's the most important part of this job is making sure we get the merchandise loaded on the flat carts and the cart and you know, taking out their vehicles. I've worked here 15 years and I like the job because we've got a lot of people that we know they are repeat customers and we like to see the ones that have been in here before come in here and help them out again and that works out good for me having repeat customers and knowing who the customers are pretty well know who they are and what they want when they come in. I hired out through the mentoring program. I come in here one day and Brad Elmer was a uh, assistant manager and i set up an aisle and put the freight on the aisle and went up there by the sheriff's office to dinner that they had up there for the mentorship program and he hired me out right up there to dinner and went to work the next day he hired me out the first day i was here Keeps me going. I get up every morning, drink my three cups of coffee and come down here and go to work. I've got Mr. Coffee, coffee pot that makes three cups and I drink that and then come down here to work and gets me up, gets me out of the house and gets me going every day where I got something I can feel comfortable doing coming down here and working.
6: Having Bob here working with us every day has been not only a pleasure, but a great asset to Murdoch's. He shows up on time every day. He um, works hard. He answers the radio. He's the first to go and load something out for a customer. And customers will come in and ask for Bob and want Bob's help. And it's been a really blessing and a great asset to us. Hiring folks like Bob with disabilities has been a huge asset for Murdoch's. I look forward to working with him every day. I think Bob brings many qualities to the job that um, is over the top. I, I watch him on a daily basis and I'm very impressed. He, strives for excellence, which Murdoch stands for, and he is right up there as an excellent team member of the Evanston team. We, we value him. He, he goes above and beyond more than I even ask, and I'm very grateful for that. Hiring folks with disabilities is a huge benefit for any company. You never know who you're gonna hire and you never know what they're gonna bring to the table. I've noticed since um, hiring folks with disabilities that we've had a tremendous turnout. I'm grateful for their personalities. I'm grateful for the experience they bring to the team. I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to work right right along with them and help them and they help me learn things that I don't know either.
0: Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.